All right, everybody, I'm Logan Alec. I'm a CPA. My team and I help taxpayers across the country, all 50 states, D.C., even taxpayers abroad, Southeast Asia, Europe, elsewhere, resolve their tax issues with both the IRS and state governments. I'm talking all the way from lien removals and penalty abatements uh, to offers and compromise and everything in between. Today, I'm going to be giving you an overview of the major strategies that I and my firm employ in order to help taxpayers beat the IRS and state governments, get their taxes written off, and move on with their lives. I'm gonna explain the three main tax relief strategies we use with our own clients. You know I have more in-depth content on my channel that go into these strategies in more detail. For example, I have an hour-long video on exactly how to calculate your own offering compromise amount that goes well beyond the IRS offering compromise calculator. You can check that video out, a link at the top of the screen and in the description below because you don't want to offer too much to the IRS, okay? Uh, but this video you're watching right now is more of a high-level overview of the three major strategies we most use with our own clients to get the results they're looking for. If you want to reach out to me and my team, get a free consultation. And yes, these calls will be with one of my qualified tax professionals. I personally try to make these calls as well when I can. These calls are not with unlicensed, uncredentialed salespeople on a giant sales floor who will promise the moon to take your money. They're with tax professionals, either an enrolled agent, a CPA, or a tax attorney. And like I said, I try to make these calls as well when I have the availability. But if you do want a free consultation about your tax situation, you can schedule one by sending an email describing your tax situation to taxrelief at loganalc.com or by calling 844-321-TAXES. That's 844-321-8293. All right, so before we get into the three specific tax relief strategies or the big tax relief strategies we use, let's talk about exactly what tax relief is. Tax relief is a general term used to describe various programs that taxpayers and their representatives, such as enrolled agents, CPAs, and attorneys, utilize to minimize or even eliminate the taxes, penalties, and interest a taxpayer owes to the IRS or other tax agencies. These tax relief programs range from a simple penalty abatement or lien removal to a full-fledged offer and compromise. And while every tax relief program is different, there are some commonalities among various tax relief programs, such as number one, the more compliant you have been with the government, as in you know, filing your required tax returns, making an effort to pay what you can, et cetera, the more likely the government is gonna wanna work with you on your tax debt. Two, the less you have in terms of income and assets to pay the government, the more options you may have available to you to wipe away your tax debt. And three, the older your tax debt, the more likely it is that you will be able to secure a favorable tax relief program. This is because tax debt is generally subject to a statute of limitations, which is a time limit on how long a taxing authority has to assess or collect a tax debt. This is not to say that if your tax debt is fresh, that you can't utilize a tax relief strategy. We do this every day uh, for our clients who do happen to have new tax debt. It's just that all else being equal, the IRS and typically states are more willing to forgive older tax debt than newer tax debt. All right, now let's talk about these three major tax relief strategies, and they are offers and compromise, currently not collectible status, and installment agreements. I'm going to go over, over all of these later in this video, but for now, I just want to share a few quick thoughts on each of these strategies. The offer and compromise is the big one. It's the flashy one, it's the loud one, it's the bell, the ball, it's the one that gets all the attention. An offer and compromise is when the IRS basically just settles with the taxpayer for less than they owe. Second one, currently not collectible. Don't sleep on this one, folks, because in some taxpayer situations, getting it in currently not collectible status is superior to getting an offer and compromise accepted, and I'll tell you exactly why later in this video when I go over currently not collectible status in more detail. Number three is installment agreements. 
I know you're probably rolling your eyes at this one because this one kind of has the reputation of being the least sexy, but I'm not talking about the full pay installment agreements that the IRS will push you into if you set up a plan online or if you call them up. I'm talking about special kinds of installment agreements where you or your tax professional make a case to the IRS using special IRS forms to make the case that you cannot afford to fully pay your tax balance, but that you can afford to pay part of your balance, maybe half of it, a third of it, whatever, in monthly installments um, until the 10-year statute of limitations on collections expires. So even if you owe the IRS, say, $300,000 and there's three years left in your statute, if we can convince them that you can really only afford to pay $100 a month under a partial pay installment agreement, and like I said, if there's only three years left in the statute, well, you're only going to end up paying in total $3,600 to the IRS on a $300,000 debt. I swear, this is the one good thing that came out of that George W. Bush administration. This was snuck in Section 843A, little b, big B, of the American Jobs Creation Act of 2004. It says Section 6159A of the Internal Revenue Code uh, relating to authorization of installment agreements is amended by inserting full or partial after the word facilitate. This means the IRS must facilitate installment agreements, even if the sum of the payments under that installment agreement before the taxpayer's 10-year statute of limitations on collections closes will not satisfy the, uh, the taxpayer's entire tax debt, even if it's just a partial payment installment agreement, IRS must still consider it. Because look, you can call the IRS up right now to set up an installment agreement, right? Um, you know, and if your balance is small enough, you can set one up online. They'll put you in one that you probably can't afford to pay on a monthly basis anyway, because they want you to pay off your entire balance before their 10-year statute to collect ends. But every day we talk to people who are paying the IRS too much money in an installment agreement they or someone else set up for them, you know, the one the IRS was pushing them into. But there are these hardship-based partial payment installment agreements the IRS won't tell you about over the phone and that will take some work and some experience, frankly, to make your case to the IRS why you shouldn't have to pay them your entire tax due. It will require special approval with the IRS, but hey, that's what my team and I are here to do. Just call 844-321-TAXES to schedule your free consultation. So in this video, uh, I'll be covering offers and compromise, currently not collectible status, and installment agreements. Now, there are other tax relief programs and actions taxpayers can utilize, such as penalty abatement, uh, innocent spouse relief, even you know filing uh, back tax returns you didn't file to reduce your balance because the IRS filed an SFR or substitute for uh, return for you. Um, I recently covered back taxes in a recent video. Link to that video is at the top of the screen and in the description below. I intend to cover innocent, uh, innocent spouse relief soon, uh, penalty abatement, and so many other topics pertain to tax relief. Uh, but Back to this video. These are the big ones. OIC, Offering Compromise, CNC, Currently Not Collectible Status, and the IA. That's the installment agreement, and specifically the PPIA, the Partial Payment Installment Agreement. And when you're pursuing tax relief yourself, or when your tax professional is pursuing tax relief for you on your behalf, it's vitally important that all of these options be considered. I'm not gonna name names, because I can't do that, but there are tax relief companies out there that shuffle people into offers and compromise, right? Whether it makes sense or not, because they can charge more for an offer and compromise because A, it's frankly more work, and B, because that's the one where you can sell your tax debt for less than you owe, which makes it a fairly easy sale for you know the non-licensed, non-tax professional commission-based salesperson on the tax relief company sale for uh, to sell to desperate taxpayers. What they often don't tell you, however, is one, most taxpayers do not and will not qualify for an offer and compromise, especially if they have you know appreciated assets as equity in real estate. And uh, you know, so the tax relief company 
to charge top dollar for an offer and compromise, but they might not even be able to pull off an offer and compromise, likely not, right? And two, they often don't tell you that other tax relief options are likely more attainable than an offer and compromise for many taxpayers, including those who have equity and assets, and sometimes these other options are superior to an offer and compromise, not all the time, but sometimes. Uh, you can read on the Federal Trade Commission's website all about shady tax relief companies, but these practices, that's not how I and my firm operate. When you have your initial consultation with my firm, it is with a credentialed tax professional, CPA, enrolled agent, or attorney, not with an unlicensed commission-based salesperson who will say just about anything to make the sale. And like I said, schedule permitting, I do my best to make these calls as well. So if you've been through that rodeo before, uh, you know, with some of the bigger tax relief shops, not all of them, but some of them, right? Or if you've even just read online reviews of some of these tax relief companies, you know exactly what I'm talking about when it comes to their shady sales taxi, uh, tactics. If you want to reach out uh, to my firm for a free consultation, uh, you can call 844-321-TAXES. That's 844-321-8293 to schedule a free consultation or email taxrelief at loganout.com. We'll get you on the calendar. All right, with all that out of the way, let's take a closer look at the three major tax relief options, starting with the offer and compromise. So like I said, an offer compromise is just an agreement between a taxpayer and a taxing authority, such as the IRS or your state government, uh, to settle the taxpayer's tax debt for less than they owe. And with the most commonly submitted offers and compromise, the amount you have to pay, the IRS or your state, has more to do with what you have and with what you make than with what you owe. So when someone settles their you know, $200,000 tax debt for you know $2,000 or $200, that's an offer and compromise. And if you've seen my video on offer and compromise basics, uh, link at the top of the screen as well as in the description below, you know that there are actually three kinds of offers and compromise that the IRS accepts. First one is doubt as to collectability. This type of offer and compromise is by far the most popular one submitted to and accepted by the IRS. With a doubt as to collectability offer and compromise, the taxpayer is making a case to the IRS based on their own financials uh, that they cannot afford to pay all or some of their tax debt. And based on the offering compromise formula that I covered in another video, link in the description below, based on this formula, the taxpayer submits their settlement offer to the IRS and the IRS will either accept it or reject it. And if it's rejected, uh, you can certainly appeal. Note that the actual process here is often a lot more complicated than, uh, than this, involving a lot of back and forth between the taxpayer or the representative and the IRS, you know, there's deadlines and things like this, but that's the basic gist. Um, then there's a doubt as to liability offering compromise. This offering compromise involves the taxpayer proving to the IRS that they do not actually owe all or some of the amount of tax the IRS claims they do. This is rare, but it does come up. And finally, there's the effective tax administration offering compromise. This is a very rare kind of offering compromise that the IRS accepts. Um, it involves the taxpayer showing that even though they owe the tax, right, so data's to liabilities out, and they can afford to pay it, so data's to collectibilities out, it would be unfair or against public policy for the IRS to make them pay it. If you'd like to learn more about each of these different types of offers and compromise, be sure to watch my basic video on the offer and compromise. Link to that video is in the description below. Now, what about states? Many states have their own offer and compromise programs. These programs will generally have similar rules to the IRS's offer and compromise program at a high level, um, but every state's different. And in my experience, uh, the states tend to be a bit more restrictive and nitpicky about their offer requirements in general. For example, uh, one thing you have to know about an offer and compromise is that it is a legally binding contract you make with the state or federal government, and a legally binding contract requires offer, consideration, and acceptance. So there must be consideration. You must offer something 
to the government in this exchange, even if it's just a dollar. And if you watch my video on exactly how much to offer uh, in compromise to the IRS with a doubt as to collectability offering compromise, you know that with an IRS offering compromise, um, you can either pay your offer amount in, in five or fewer payments within five months or less, or you can pay your offer uh, in full in six to 24 months with the former option requiring less money out of pocket and the latter requiring more money out of pocket. Uh, but point is for purposes of this video, you can extend your payment across 24 months with an IRS offer and compromise. But here in California, for example, for the California offer and compromise um, with, the, with the franchise tax board, if you look at the form 4905 PIT in section nine, your only option is to make a lump sum offer to the franchise tax board. But on the other hand, one good thing about a California offer and compromise is that unlike the IRS, typically, uh, you don't have to send anything in with your offer. You would only have to pay this lump sum if your offer was accepted. Same is true in South Carolina. We just uh, helped someone out in South Carolina, actually. South Carolina says that after your South Carolina offer is accepted, you have 30 days to pay your offer amount. But some states, surprisingly, are actually more lenient with payment terms on an accepted offer. Vermont, for example, uh, we have an offer pending right now with the Vermont uh, Department of Taxes. Vermont is willing to go up to 36 months. So there's not a hard and fast rule with the state. Each state has their own laws. Each state is different. But if you have a qualified professional in your corner, uh, such as myself and my lovely tax staff, uh, where we have experience working with clients all across the country, uh, you can know that we do research all these rules um, in assisting our clients with their back taxes to minimize their liability. That said, even with the best tax professional in your corner, states are, by and large, often more reluctant to accept an offer and compromise than the IRS is. There are obviously budgetary reasons for that. But in addition to that, because some state statute of limitations on collections is longer than the IRS's statute, California, for example, has a 20-year collection statute compared to the IRS's 10-year statute. Some states may simply reject an offer and compromise because they still have so many more years from which they can collect from the taxpayer. All right, that's enough about offers and compromise. I have other content on my channel that goes much more in depth on offers and compromise. Uh, be sure to check that content out at your leisure. Uh, you can find links in the description below. Now let's talk about the second big tool in the tax relief toolbox, and that is getting in currently not collectible or CNC status. So currently not collectible status is exactly what it sounds like. If you or your tax professional successfully convinced the IRS that it would not be reasonable for the IRS or you know your state to expect you to pay both the taxes you owe as well as your basic living expenses, the IRS, let's just use the IRS for a safe example, then the IRS will place you in currently not collectible status and the IRS will not attempt to collect taxes from you as long as you are in this status. So let's say you owe the IRS back taxes. Assuming you're on the IRS's radar, it won't be long before the IRS starts seeking collection action on your account by garnishing your wages, uh, levying your bank account, um, uh, taking your social security payments. Yes, the IRS can take up to 15% of your social security payment automatically through the federal uh, payment levy program. They can take more than that manually. Um, they can only take up to 15% through the automatic levy. And, and you know there are other collection activities that the IRS can take as well. My point is that the IRS is the nation's largest and most powerful collection agency. It has pretty spectacular powers when it comes to uh, taking things from people who uh, they think owe them money, okay? But if you can get in CNC status, then the IRS is prohibited by law from taking collection action against you. And the beautiful thing is that you are not required to make payments as long as you remain in CNC status. And another beautiful thing, another absolutely just gorgeous thing about CNC status is that while you are in CNC status, 
the 10-year statute of limitations on collections activities that I've talked about in other videos keeps running. See, the IRS has 10 years from the date it assesses a tax to collect that tax. However, there are things and events that can toll the statute of limitations, meaning pause it from running for a time. And typically, if the IRS can't take collection activities against somebody, the collection statute is told during that time period. However, this is not the case with CNC status. So one strategy we like to look at for our clients, especially if we're closing in in the next few years on the 10-year statute of limitations on collections, is getting the taxpayer in CNC status and just letting that statute of limitations on collections run out. So what's the end result? In that situation. Um, in that situation, the statute of limitations on collections will have run out, so the government no longer has a right to pursue collection of that tax liability forever. And here's the kicker. The taxpayer did not have to pay the IRS a single cent. So you see why currently not collectible status might, in some cases, be better than offering compromise? Because with an offering compromise, you're going to have to pay the IRS something. And rarely will it be some nominal amount like a dollar. How much you pay the IRS is based on various calculations that I've gone over in a previous video on how much to offer uh, to the IRS. But there is none of that while you're in CNC status. Not a penny goes to the government. Unlike the offering compromise and unlike the installment agreement, the taxpayer has no obligation to pay the IRS to get in CNC status, nor can the IRS take collection action against them because it's literally called currently not collectible status. Also, keep in mind that while the government is considering your offer and compromise, which can take months, even up to a year, your 10-year statute of limitations on collections is paused. And I've seen this with clients who come to us. They are running up right up to their collection statute expiration date, you know, within a, within a few years. And what, uh, what did, uh, you know, some ignorant or shady tax relief company do? They submitted an offer for them, and the client had to pay money along with that offer. No, 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 no. Because once you do that, while the IRS is sitting on your offering compromise, your 10-year statute is paused. Often in those situations, it's better to get the client in CNC status, which is a simpler process than an offering compromise, so less fees for the firm, and make sure they stay in CNC status and run that statute out. They pay the firm less. They don't pay the IRS anything. And this is exactly why you need to look at all your options and not just uh, you know be compelled by a commission-hungry salesperson uh, to rush into paying a tax relief company to submit an offer, uh, an offer and compromise for you, right? There's a proper diagnosis process here that has to be done. Now, there are a few things you should know about CNC status. The first thing to know is that penalties and interest will continue to accrue on your debt while you are in CNC status. That's not really that bad though, because they would accrue anyway if you weren't in CNC status and the IRS would be on your back. Now, in CNC status, yeah, they'd accrue, but the IRS isn't on your back anymore. And they would go away, right, if your statute runs out. Um, so that's just something to know. Also, getting in CNC status is not guaranteed. In general, you or your representative must proactively seek it. The IRS will need to review your financial situation, typically using Form uh, 433A or 433F or uh, Form 433B if you're a business, um, and any requested documentation in order to approve placing you in CNC status. Also, CNC status does not last forever. Okay, and this is a downside compared to the offer and compromise, which wipes away your tax debt forever, assuming you meet the terms of staying compliance for five years and all the rest. But with C&C, eventually, as long as the statute hasn't run out, the IRS will want to take another look at your situation to ensure that you still qualify for CNC status. So typically, they do an annual review of the taxpayer's income. If you file a tax return showing, you know, for example, that you made a lot more income than you did when applying for CNC status, that could trigger the IRS to remove you from CNC status. But hey, 
maybe your you know monthly living expenses increased as well and you know maybe we can show that you should still be in cnc status now of course if the statute of limitations on your debt has run out while you're in cnc status you have nothing more to worry about forever but if the statute has not run out before your cnc status uh, or before the irs reevaluates your cnc status then you may have to prove to the irs again that hey i still belong in cnc status another thing to know about cnc status is that it does not lien proof you even if you're in CNC status, the IRS may still file a notice of federal tax lien against you, which is basically the IRS's legal claim to your property to pay your tax debt. That said, as I mentioned previously, being placed in CNC status stops IRS collection activities such as wage garnishments uh, and bank levies, and the IRS's time limit to collect taxes uh, from the taxpayer, the statute of limitations on collections, continues to run while you are in CNC status, so it can be a real benefit to taxpayers. Um, if you'd like a tax professional in your corner to help you with an offering compromise, CNC status, or any tax relief strategy, shoot an email to taxrelief at loganout.com or call 844-321-TAXES. That's 844-321-8293. All right. Last but definitely not least is the installment agreement, also known as a payment plan. This is an agreement between a taxpayer and a taxing authority to make monthly payments to pay uh, their taxes, penalties, and interest over a certain period of time. And in terms of how much you end up paying, um, there are two kinds of installment agreements. There's full pay and there's partial payment. I will talk about both of these right now. So like I mentioned at the beginning of the video, the IRS loves what are called full pay installment agreements. Okay, these are payment plans where you're basically paying the entire balance that you owe to the IRS over you know, 120 days for short-term plan, three years, six years, something like this, okay? And these full pay installment agreements are super easy to set up with the IRS because the IRS just loves them so much. In fact, if you Google, what if I can't pay my taxes, the first search result that comes up is an article from irs.gov that says, what if I can't pay my taxes? Don't panic. You may qualify for a self-service online payment plan, including an installment agreement that allows you to pay off an outstanding balance over time. Once your online application is complete, you'll receive immediate notification of whether your payment plan has been approved without having to call or write to the IRS. And then it lists out the two uh, kind of payment plans you can get online. There's a short-term payment plan if you owe less than $100,000 in combined taxes, penalties, and interest, and if you can pay your balance off within 120 days, uh, you can go with this option. And these short-term 120-day payment plans are not technically installment agreements because you are not required to pay in installments. Um, you can pay this off all at once or you know, as often as you like, as long as payment of your full balance is accomplished within 120 days. And there's a long-term payment plan. Okay, because 120 days, that's a very short span of time, about four months. So if you owe less than $50,000 in combined taxes, penalties, and interest, then you can make monthly payments under a full pay installment agreement. Um, so, you know, the IRS wants to make it easy for people to get into these full pay installment agreements. Okay, and if you owe $50,000 or more, you can get an installment agreement as well using Form 9465. However, if you have financial hardship, you may qualify for a partial payment or hardship-based installment agreement with the IRS because Internal Revenue Code Section 6159A says, plain as day, thanks to the American Jobs Creation Act of 2004, the Secretary, meaning the Secretary of the Treasury and by extension the Treasury Department and by extension the IRS, which is part of the Treasury Department, is authorized to enter into written agreements with any taxpayer under which such taxpayer is allowed to make payment on any tax and installment payments if the secretary determines that such agreement will facilitate full or partial collection of such liability. So if somebody doesn't qualify for an offering compromise, 
because maybe they make too much money, they have too much equity and assets, and they also don't qualify for currently non-collectible status because, well, they can't afford to pay something to the IRS every month, according to the IRS's own rules, then the IRS may accept an installment agreement, the sum of whom's payments until the collection statute on the taxpayer's debt expires is less than the taxpayer's outstanding balance of the IRS, that difference written off. And how do you convince the IRS to accept such an agreement? It's all about knowing how to fill out the Form 433A Collection Information Statement for Wage Earners and Self-Employed Individuals and by using the IRS's own Internal Revenue Manual uh, on Partial Pay Installment Agreements, that's IRM 5.14.2, to your advantage. And this especially rings true to those of you with equity and assets. If you don't have equity and assets and you can't pay the IRS, you might have a decent shot at qualifying for an offer and compromise, an even better shot at qualifying for CNC. But if you have equity and assets, an offer and compromise might be difficult. Even CNC status might be difficult, especially if you have decent income. But check out what Internal Revenue Manual section 5.14.222E says. It says, a PPIA, that's a partial payment installment agreement, may be granted if a taxpayer does not sell or cannot borrow against assets with equity because it would impose an economic hardship on the taxpayer to sell property, borrow an equity in pop property, or use a liquid asset to pay taxes. So let's say you owe the IRS $30,000, okay? But you have a house with hundreds of thousands of dollars of equity in it. The name of the game here is to show the IRS and to build a case to the IRS that it would impose an economic hardship on you to sell this property to pay your taxes or to borrow against your equity in the property. And a lot of knowing how to do this, how to make the case for a taxpayer, is just based on experience. The IRM has examples of possible situations that would qualify for a partial payment installment agreement, even with equity and assets. They use the example of someone you know, on Social Security, for example, uh, in the manual. But there are other situations as well in which we can build a case using the IRS's own forms, uh, such as the Form 433A, to show the IRS and the group manager because partial payment installment agreements do require IRS group manager approval. The phone representative you call up can't make this call. It needs to go up the chain. So we need to build a case that this taxpayer, while they do have the ability to pay something to the IRS, will not be able to pay off their full balance before the statute expires without experiencing economic hardship. And that's the name of the game. That is the strategy with partial pay installment agreements. Because at the end of the day, what we want to do for our clients is figure out what's possible for them in order for them to pay as little as possible to the government in back taxes and penalties and interest. All right, everybody, I hope you learned a lot from this video. Of course, it is one thing to understand which tax relief programs are out there for those who owe the IRS or their state, but it's another thing to take action. The IRS is not gonna tell you which of these options is best for your situation. They may not even tell you about these options at all in my experience. The IRS loves to push people into those full pay installment agreements. You may have experienced this yourself, but as you can imagine, this arrangement is often the best for the IRS, but the worst for the taxpayer, apart from you know forced collection activities like wage garnishments, bank levies, asset seizures, and, and scary stuff like that. If you wanna watch my hour long video on exactly how much to offer and compromise to the IRS, you can click right over here. Uh, there's another tax relief video right down here for your consumption uh, about something I covered in this video. And if you wanna schedule a free consultation with my firm, send an email describing your situation to taxrelief.loganout.com or call 844-321-TAXES. That's 844-321-8293. We hope to hear from you soon. Bye-bye.